You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 358, Evidence for the Resurrection. I'm recording this uh, less than a week before Easter, which is my absolute favorite holiday. There's nothing greater than celebrating, the, in my, my mind, the greatest event in human history, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Uh, this is the, the event that really all of humanity hangs on. If the resurrection is false, then so is Christianity. But if the resurrection is true, then everything that Jesus said, uh, we need to take a very close look at. Because if the guy who died and predicted, uh, predicted his own death and resurrection uh, got it right, I think we should uh, listen to everything else he says as well. So the, the, the resurrection Sunday coming up, um, obviously Good Friday on Friday, Easter on Sunday, but uh, just a phenomenal time to talk about this. Last week we talked about arguments against the resurrection, and, and, and there's a lot of them. And we took the most popular ones, there's a few we didn't touch, but they're, they're, those are mentioned in my book, uh, Reflections on the Resurrection, which is today's resource highlight. I encourage you to check it out. Click on the link, get a copy of Reflections on the Resurrection. Um, it's educational, it's apologetic, and it's devotional. It'll really, really help you, especially during this time of the year, looking uh, to see the importance of the resurrection and what it means for your life. Uh, the, the talk last week, the podcast last week was adapted from one of the chapters uh, today I'm pulling some material from one of the chapters, so uh, so it's a, it's just a helpful resource. So by all means, check it out. All right, so we're talking about evidence for the resurrection. Last week was arguments against. Today we're dealing with the evidence for the resurrection. The first evidence that we want to tackle is the documentary evidence of the resurrection. The documentary evidence. And of course, our, our documents are, are, are the, the New Testament, the, the four Gospels, as well as the Acts of the Apostles and the letters. Now, these documents are very, very important pieces of evidence because each one, especially the four Gospels, gives a, a resurrection story. They're all a little bit different. Uh, which actually is is a good thing. If they were all alike, that would make us that would raise some eyebrows. But the very fact that each one was recorded differently uh, by the author because they were writing to a particular group of Christians, and so they had a particular point to make. But the basic story is the same. But what might interest you to know is that the Gospels were not 
the first documents written in the New Testament. Probably the earliest document was the letter of James. Uh, if you remember, James was the, the brother of Jesus. Uh, the Apostle Paul, his letters were written very early, 20 years, maybe even a few less, after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And you say, well, that's a long time. But, but really, it's not. Uh, other uh, ancient documents that, that we look at might have been written 50 or 100 years after the particular historical figure that they were describing. 20 years is nothing. Um, I actually wrote a memoir, a, a collection of memoirs for my police career, and some of those uh, stories went back almost 30 years. But yet everybody that has read it, who knew, knew the stories or had been around, said, yeah, yeah, absolutely dead on, accurate. Um, you know, there, there's no reason we can't do that, but there's, of course, there's a method to the madness. But these letters of, of Paul, uh, I'm going to read a, a passage here from 1 Corinthians 15 in just a minute. This was written, you know, maybe 20, 20 years or so. Very, very uh, a short amount of time, especially when you listen to what Paul says. Um, so listen, listen to what Paul says here. He says, let me remind you. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and following. Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It's this good news that saves you if you continue to believe in the message. I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. And then listen to what he says. I passed on to you what was most important and what has been passed on to me. Remember, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was not one of the original followers of Jesus. He was actually a persecutor of the church. So he didn't, he wasn't an eyewitness event for many of the events. So he's saying that these things were passed on to him by some of the apostles. And these were the things that were passed on. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last, as, of the, as to one born at the wrong time, I also saw him, for I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted the church. Now, this is... This is an amazing passage of Scripture. Remember, we're talking about documentary evidence for the resurrection of the dead. So Paul is saying in this letter that was written around 20-ish years or so after the resurrection, he's giving a list. I mean, you could call this a witness list of people who saw Jesus after he was raised from the dead. He even says at one point Jesus appeared to 500 of his followers at the same time. Had a big meeting and, and Jesus was there. And he said most of these people are still alive. But of course 20 years later some have passed away. So an interesting uh, piece of evidence here. He's saying these people, you can talk to them. They, they were alive. They saw him. They would tell you the same thing. And this is important for so many reasons because... Um, as he said, he himself was a persecutor of the church. 
Uh, he wasn't there. He wasn't a witness, but the witnesses told him what they saw. But of course, Paul had his own encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. That's from Acts 9. So this witness list that Paul gives us, gives us the people that, that Jesus appeared to. And we can just touch on a couple of these. First of all, Peter. We know Peter denied Jesus. Um, we know you know the, the famous story of Peter denying Jesus three times um, on the night he was betrayed and the, the humiliation, the shame, uh, the, the just terrible feelings that he had knowing he had denied Jesus um, at his greatest moment of need. And it said that Jesus gave him a special appearance. They, he, he appeared to him and evidently let him know things were okay and, and he was forgiven. And Peter went on to become an incredible leader in the church. And we'll, we'll talk more about his changed life in a few minutes. Another one that's very interesting here is James. Um, it says that um, he was seen by the 500, and then he was seen by James, and later by all the apostles. Now, this is interesting because if you've read the Gospels, Jesus' brothers were not believers. They were not disciples. They were not his followers. In fact, in the Gospels, they were antagonistic towards Jesus, uh, mocking, uh, even uh, questioning him. Uh, in, in one passage, it says that his family thought he was crazy and they came to take custody of him. So, so James, his brother, um, was, was not a believer, and yet after the resurrection, Jesus made an appearance to James who became a key leader in the early church. We find out in Acts that he actually was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. So, so the, 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 the encounter with the risen and resurrected Jesus impacted his life forever. So the documentary evidence. Now, we could talk about each of Paul's letters. There's something about the resurrection in each of them. But, uh, but I want to move on to the Gospels. As we said, the Gospels, each account is a little different, but they all convey the same message. Um, Mark's gospel, the very first gospel that was written, gives us probably the least amount about the resurrection. The, the, the traditional ending of Mark is verse 8, and, and in that verse the, 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 there is um, no, no real encounter with the resurrected Jesus. The, the women have come to the tomb. The tomb is open. They meet an angel, and the angel says, you're looking for Jesus. He's alive. He's not here. Go to Galilee because that's where he said he would meet you after he was raised from the dead. And that's the way the, the book ends. Uh, Matthew, there's, there's an appearance uh, of an angel. The soldiers actually see, the Roman soldiers who are guarding the tomb actually see the angel and flee into the city. Um, the, the women then as they're leaving the tomb after having an encounter with the angel themselves meet the resurrected Jesus. The Gospel of Luke gives us so much great information about the resurrection. We get the story of the disciples on the Emmaus Road, how they're, they're walking back to the village of Emmaus after the crucifixion of Jesus on, on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. Jesus has been crucified on Friday and they've been in the city, but now they're going home and Jesus actually appears to them on the road and they have a long talk with him and they, they share their hearts and you know, he, he asked them why they're so sad, and they think he's the only uh, visitor in Jerusalem for the Passover who doesn't know what's going on. And so they tell him the story about Jesus, and, and this man, this stranger, uh, breaks the scriptures down for them. And 
come to find out it was Jesus after all, and he disappears from their midst. And they rush back to the city, of course, and meet with the other disciples who've also had an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. So these are powerful stories, important stories um, in, in the Gospel of Luke. And then in John, we see this beautiful story of Jesus appearing to Mary after the resurrection, this one-on-one encounter with his, his, his female disciple. And there were probably other female disciples, but of course, because of women's role in that day, it was really downplayed. But Mary was obviously a, a close disciple of Jesus. Uh, uh, <clears throat> she, she loved him. <coughs> Excuse me. And they were uh, close, you know, in a very uh, powerful way. And, and Jesus appears to her. He, he gives her a special appearance and lets her know that it's going to be okay. She was heartbroken when he was killed. In fact, Mary and the apostle John were the only two who stayed with Jesus until the very end. They were the only two disciples who stayed by the cross um, watching Jesus die and then watching what was done with his body. So there was a, this is a very poignant story, the fact that he, he appeared to Mary. In fact, she was probably the first person that he appeared to. So it's very, very interesting that we see in these, these Gospels this powerful story. And while they might differ in some accounts, the basic story is the same. The, 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 the women came to the, the tomb. It was empty. They had an encounter with the angel who said, Jesus is alive. And then ultimately they had their own encounter with the risen Jesus. So um, powerful stories, powerful documents, and each one conveys the, the idea of an eyewitness account who either saw this and is writing it or an eyewitness account who's relating it to the person who wrote it. You know, something else about these 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 gospels and the the documentary evidence we talked about in in Luke in uh in First Corinthians, you know in First Corinthians Paul doesn't even m- mention the women, which is interesting, but it makes a lot of sense because what Paul is presenting, as we said, is more like a, a witness list, and women who were the first ones to see Jesus, would not be considered credible witnesses. Sorry, ladies, that's just the way it was. But this actually even adds more of an air of authenticity because in the Gospels, they weren't trying to present a legal list of witnesses as Paul was. They were just telling the story. And so for them to tell the story, they had to include the fact that the women were the first ones to encounter Jesus. So that's the documentary evidence. We could say much more, but that gives gives you an idea. That gives you a hint. That gives you an idea of how important the New Testament is. And you'll find that throughout the New Testament, the, 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 the resurrection is attested on almost every page. You know, in almost every writing, on, on almost every page, there is something about the risen Jesus. <clears throat> the second piece of evidence is the, the, the empty tomb. The empty tomb. You know, as a police officer, we would go to the crime scene and we would examine the scene for evidence. Well, if we'd have gone into the tomb, the empty tomb on that Sunday morning, as the, the disciples did, as the women did, what they found was no body, but the clothes, the grave clothes that he had been wrapped in, laying on the tomb, laying on the, uh, the, the, the bed inside the tomb, the, the flat piece that the body would have lied on. <clears throat> and so the, the, that's the physical evidence that, that we have. And what that physical evidence indicates is 
Obviously, the body is not there. Now, we talked about last week, one of the the arguments against the resurrection was that the disciples stole his body. And, of course, that's a very easy one to disprove, especially when they start getting ready to feed you to the lions. You say, hey, look, guys, here's the body. Just kidding. You know, no harm, no foul. And we move on. If the religious leaders had stolen the body to prevent any kind of uh, issue like this happening, all they would have to do is just present the body. If it was the religious leaders who had the body, all they had to do was present him and say, no, no, he's dead. Here's his corpse. But it wasn't like that. The body was never produced. And what you have indicated in the empty tomb is Jesus in his resurrected state, when the Spirit of God came into his body and quickened it back to life, he left the grave clothes behind. And so we see the physical evidence there. And of course, one of the bonus chapters in my book, Reflections on the Resurrection, is we actually talk about the Shroud of Turin a bit. You know, many people believe and have believed for years that the the Shroud of Turin is a very famous relic that goes all the way back to the resurrection of Jesus. Um, I'm not going to spend any time on it here to speak of, but it's well worth looking into because... Um, even though scientists and artists have tried to recreate the image that was left on that 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 shroud, that that piece of linen, no one has ever been able to replicate it. So the best thing that we can 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 possibly believe is that when the Holy Spirit resurrected Jesus, it left that image on the shroud. So check that out. That's definitely something to to look at. And then the last piece, the last piece of evidence that we'll look at um, is the the changed lives of Jesus' followers. The changed lives of Jesus' followers. This is interesting because when we read the Gospels, it was very obvious they didn't believe that Jesus was going to be raised from the dead. There's no evidence anywhere that Jesus... His followers, he would tell them, he'd say, look, I'm going to die and then I'm going to be raised from the dead. But there's no evidence they believed him. In fact, Peter at one point pulled him aside and started rebuking him and said, God forbid that this should happen to you. And so there was, a, there was a lack of understanding when Jesus told his followers what was followers what was going to happen. The, the appearance we have of the, the disciples is men terrified. After Jesus was taken and arrested and crucified, we find them hiding uh, in fear for their lives because now the natural idea is that the the authorities are going to come for Jesus' followers. The Messiah, the false Messiah, if you will, according to the religious, religious leaders, has been put to death. Now it's time to go get his followers. So within a little over a month of the resurrection of Jesus... These same men who were terrified are now standing up in front of crowds of thousands and proclaiming salvation in Jesus' name. So what brought about this change in their lives? Well, first of all, the first thing is the resurrection of Jesus. They had seen him. They had encountered him. They had spent 40 days with him. They ate with him. They prayed with him. They talked with him. Uh, He did everything he could to prepare them for his 
ascension, for going back to heaven, so that they could continue the work which he had done. So they, they, there's no way you're going to tell them now that you know they should be quiet because they'd encountered Jesus. They had spent time with him. And now they're willing to die for what they had seen. They're willing to die for the truth. And of course, the other part of this equation um, accounting for the changed lives of the disciples was the infilling with the power of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit because Jesus sent uh, the Holy Spirit from heaven after he was ascended. And in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and became his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. But it's the resurrection and the infilling of the Holy Spirit that changed the lives of Jesus' followers. So this kind of gives us a little bit of an idea. These are just three thoughts on evidence for the resurrection. Uh, if somebody has a mind not to believe, they're not going to believe. In Jesus' day, um, one, one, one of my favorite stories is in John 11, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus had been dead for four days. Jesus raised him. He told him to roll the stone away. His family said, Jesus, are you crazy? He's, he, he's been dead for four days. This is Israel. It's hot. He's going to be stinking by now. We can't do that. But Jesus said, roll the stone away and let's see the glory of God. And Jesus called the dead man out. He raised several people from his dead. But this was such a dramatic story in John's gospel because it comes right before Jesus himself was put to death and resurrected. But read John 11. Don't take my word for it. It says that after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, many believed and many others who had seen the same miracle went and attempted to have Jesus put to death. They had seen the miracle, but it didn't change their lives. And so if people are determined not to believe, if people are determined not to have faith, we're not going to argue them into it. And so I'm not in any way, shape, or form trying to argue with anybody, but I am trying to give you, as a believer, or maybe someone who's searching, the, the, the idea that there is evidence for everything that we believe. We don't believe blindly. The New Testament is a, is, a, is a powerful book that's been attested for years. Um, the, we just barely touched on the idea of textual criticism um, with the different documents of the New Testament. But um, if you're willing to study and put the time in and look at it with an open heart, God will speak to you and meet you right where you're at. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Can you think of any other evidence? There is more. We only touched on these three points, but... But I think it gives us a good starting point for looking at the resurrection of Jesus. But if you got something else, let me know. Go to davidspell.com, drop a comment in the comment section for today's post, and let's keep the conversation going. While you're at my website, make sure you check out all my great books and uh, drop your name into my an, an email address in my info box so that we can stay in touch. And we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.